Good day. I hope everyone had a great week, and uh, I hope the next week looks good. We had a busy week, but uh, but productive. Uh, this week we're actually recording on Saturday. Usually we record Thursdays. We had a different schedule for this week. However, some personal stuff popped up, and we will be doing that show next week. Uh, but all the better, actually. It seems like we had a more poignant message to put out this week and and more timely so uh it really kind of worked out for the better but uh as you are all well aware now we have the newest dangerous deadly variant of covid uh omnitron or omnicron uh i don't know some decepticon name they've made it as scary and hilarious as they possibly could and i understand they're using the greek alphabet However, as we're going to get into today, uh, quite funny, they've skipped Z, X-I. Uh, and again, that goes right in line with what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but before we dive into China and the CCP, which is exactly what we need to talk about today, uh, let's touch on a little bit of the news. Uh, not a whole lot new this week. Uh, we've got to talk about Doug Ford. Uh, immediately, again, it, it fits in line with the new variant. Uh, as soon as mainstream pushed it, he's now calling on Justin Trudeau to start blocking international travel. Uh, right now it's going to be from, I believe, eight countries of concern. But I expect fully in the next week or two for that to spread to quite a few countries, if not all. You've seen the stock market and uh, crypto has taken a beating... Uh, as somebody who's favors crypto, uh, I think it's, it's, it will be long-term healthy for us. Uh, we didn't get beat too hard, but, uh, the stock market bled red very hard and that's not necessarily normal. Uh, anyone who does crypto would know that eh, it's a bad weekend. Uh, nothing that we haven't lived through 20 times before. Uh, but the stocks to see them hit as hard as they have, uh, it really kind of indicates where the market sentiment is. So a lot of people are going to be watching the next few steps. Uh, I think largely the market is is signaling that it cannot sustain another hit like it has. We can't shut we can't afford to shutter our economy again uh, to compound supply issues on top of the supply issues we already have would be catastrophic in my opinion and probably in the market's opinion. Uh, what else is there to touch on? Uh, we have to talk about the kids' shots. Actually, again, I, I would love to be off of this topic, but unfortunately, we're going to be pretty heavy on this one today. Uh, kids 5 to 11, Health Canada has approved. Uh, and again, uh, I cannot be the only one who thinks it's a little suspicious that as soon as kids 5 to 11 get approved, all of a sudden there's a new variant that has supposedly a much larger risk to kids. It, it's like a bad soap opera at this point. Uh, you kind of... I don't want to, to plainly say that this is the narrative, uh, but it's, it's getting harder and harder to not look at it from a, from a conspiratorial perspective. Uh, when, when the timing is just within days, uh, you have to, you have to kind of question 
what the hell? Really? Um, could it be a coincidence? And could the facts be that it's potentially dangerous to children? Sure. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to touch on the, the danger to kids. Because, again, it's, it's a stratified risk. People don't understand that if a virus is 99.99% safe to children, 997 is 300% more deadly. So it's not hard to take a minuscule number, um, a minuscule magnification, and, and make it seem like it's this crazy problem. Uh, realistically, like you could go down to 99.90, and it would be 900 times more dangerous. But when you look at the, the grand scheme of it, 99.90 is next to naught. And I don't want to marginalize. We don't want to lose any children or any people. Uh, but you, you do need to take into account that the, the harms any lockdowns or any reaction has, or in this terms, the, the harms of vaccines. We know, and again, I, I am Switzerland when it comes to personal choice. You do you. If you want a vaccine, you're for it. That's cool. I'd go for it. If you think it's best for your kids, I disagree, but I still respect your choice as a parent to, to make that call for your kids. Ultimately, you you know what's best for your kids, and as parents, we all get things wrong sometimes. And I wish no ill if you choose an action that's different than my choice. Uh, however, we're only getting told half the story here. When we know, especially boys, there is far greater risk of, of problems from this shot than there is from the virus. Statistically speaking, if, if you're healthy and under 20, it's your chances of getting struck by lightning are like six times greater than dying from this. And it's just a problem when they've amped the fear up and the rhetoric is so much so that they're using spin. Like I said, if you're three tenths of a percent more dangerous that's 300 percent increase uh and they use this rhetoric to amp up the fear irrationally they don't give the full context they don't give the full picture and it's it's really disingenuous it, it makes me quite angry but you've seen that and and i can't help but kind of think isn't it fortuitous that that this new virus they're pushing is dangerous to kids quote unquote and that's when the shots are out it's just the lack of transparency paired with the lack of factual information or, or contextually accurate. It just reeks of, I, it reeks of something. I, it's, it's, it's corrosive. It, I, I struggle to really place the appropriate word on it because I just can't find the right word. It's not, it's almost evil, but I can't put my finger on it. However, uh, that's really all the news we've got this week. It was It's all COVID. Everything's COVID now. Welcome to the next four months of fear. Uh, maybe we're wrong. Uh, let's look at the, the other side of the coin. Maybe we're wrong and this fizzles out like the last... I think it was Moo. Kind of just fizzled out and made no big deal. So maybe that's where we go with this. Uh, this the reporting in mainstream media would have you pretty scared. But uh, maybe they get it wrong like 90% of the stuff they do. But moving on, uh, this week, I, I, like I said, I kind of got thrown into an impromptu episode. But uh, honestly, I think it was for the best. Uh, 
I, I kind of want an opportunity to be ahead of the curve a little bit. And the curve, it, people are starting to talk about it. It's becoming mainstream conversation. And if you're listening to this, you, you're well aware of how dangerous China is. And, and for all purposes in this episode, when I use the term China, I am specifically referencing the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. I mean no hostility or ill will to the Chinese citizens. I think they are in a horrific situation where they are trapped and under authoritarian dictate uh, to some of the most drastic extremes. And then some of their population is genuinely indoctrinated. I don't want to reduce it to, to the term brainwashed, but when you raise generations under the totalitarian propaganda, you're going to get a large percentage of the population who really just accepts and, and this is, this is life. This is truth. And when it's, when it's carefully curated, you can't really blame people for, for accepting it and, and being molded by it. So I, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disclaim every time I say it, but but when I say China for for this episode, we're gonna talk, we're gonna mean that to be the CCP, um, and yeah, if you're listening to this, you're you're well aware that the CCP and China are pretty darn evil. Uh, the the acts they've committed at the expense of innocent civilians is just insane. Um, there's not enough time in the day to go on a full breakdown of all of the ways they are atrocious. Um, but this week we're going to touch on Beijing 2022, uh, as it is just a couple months around the corner. Uh, and now you've got people floating in government, floating the idea of boycotting, uh, diplomatically the Beijing Olympics. And this, this topic is very near and dear to my heart. Um, being a traditionalist, when it comes to Canadian culture, I have a certain affinity to Commonwealth countries and the kinship we share. So it really pained me. And, and this, I've been trying to get in touch with Chinese dissidents. Um, it's quite a difficult task to get any to come on air because the way that the Communist Party runs, they monitor everything. It's all algorithmic. So without actively monitoring, they can monitor everything. So any conversation in any country on any platform could end their life. Um, so it, it's difficult to find people to sit down and talk, but it's something I'm going to pursue and I'm, I'm actively uh, trying to set that up because that's a perspective I can't do justice, but dearly think that that needs to be added to the conversation more. There's people that have spoken out already. There's people that have died for it. Um, but we can't have enough of a flashlight shone on this issue. But it's it's becoming trendy now to talk about the boycott of, of Beijing. And personally, I think as soon as China, in 2020, they steamrolled Hong Kong. Uh, under COVID measures, they... Uh, they basically rolled over the Hong Kong government at which point Hong Kong, which was a Commonwealth partner, uh, 
under treaty with China as well, was steamrolled and basically their government got removed. Um, effectively, they stepped out in protest because they were about to be walked out anyway. But the CCP has officially taken over Hong Kong during all this kind of under the shadow of all of the other press. People didn't really talk about it because they're too distracted by all of the happenings with COVID. So that's kind of what grabbed my attention with with what's going on in China is, is the, the Hong Kong protests of 2019 uh, and then the steamroll and, and takeover of Hong Kong democracy in 2020. And honestly, to some of you, that's probably news. Just hearing me, me talk about how Hong Kong has been rolled over. Uh, and that, that kind of shows how sad state our, our media is in when a Commonwealth kin neighbor uh, loses their democracy as a whole and people don't even know. Let alone understand the implications or the signals that that sends to, to the trajectory of what the CCP is after. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something I'm very passionate about. I've had a lot of private conversations with Hong Kong citizens, um, Taiwanese citizens, some Australian citizens. It's, there is a lot of people in very close proximity that understand how scary it's getting and, and have had real-world impacts from what's happening. Uh, and now you've got Joe Biden, that crazy old man who falls asleep at his desk. Uh, for better or worse, he's, he's now come out, floated the idea, uh, or his handlers have floated the idea that we should talk about possibly politically boycotting the Olympics. We should have been doing this a long time ago, uh, especially as Canada, with the two Michaels that have been in prison for crazy, crazy amount of time. They're now out. To no thanks to our government, who would not bend any rules to try and make that happen. Uh, we've we've touched on that before, and Justin Trudeau's failures in the case of the two Michaels. But it it's wild to me to see all of the different moving pieces, whether it's the the takeover of democratic neighbors, uh, or the political imprisonment and. Uh, just torture of Canadian citizens. So we are long overdue and Canada still isn't floating the idea of boycotting. Uh, the States are now slow walking that introduction, but we should have been on this months ago, a year ago. Uh, and it's just, it goes to show how kind of tiptoey people are when it comes to the power that China really has become. And Sooner or later, people are going to have to reckon with that. People are going to have to to wrestle with the fact that China has become a serious threat in so many ways. But it is wild in in the age of trigger warnings and and hypersensitivity to every little thing. We are still not like you're not having a mass media campaign. Nobody's sharing a boycott, uh, Beijing square on their Instagram. And don't get me wrong, there are people in my echo chamber. There is it's a small movement that is starting and has been pretty vocal, but no large scale. There's no blue check saying we should be banning 2020 to Beijing. 
you won't have John Cena come on and speak Mandarin to to tell Chinese di- expats we're going to ban and support you guys. We're going to support democracy in Hong Kong. No, you've got quite the opposite. You've got giant celebrities pandering to Chinese interests. Like I said, John Cena apologizing for calling Taiwan a country. You've got LeBron James who cries over every social injustice, quote-unquote, yet still has his products made in sweatshops in China, will not speak ill of China. And it's, it's just nuts to see... This is, this is how the left works, though, and, and I hate to make it a left-right issue, but when it comes to selective outrage in this topic, it really has become a bit of a left-right issue. Um, it's selective outrage. Uh, people can march in the streets and freak out, and rightfully so. I Again, you do not have to agree with me. I don't have to agree with everything you do. But hey, if you want to march in the streets for something you perceive injustice, cool. But if you're going to march for human rights, you need to be consistent. Like I've said before, if, if you are passionate about gender politics and you put your pronouns in your bio, cool, but keep that energy 100%. Keep that energy when... Somebody is being derogatory in person. Because I'm telling you, nobody's got that energy. It's all fake virtue, and it's it's how you put on. It's more about being seen than actually doing. Which is which is where why we're in this spot we are. Is it's too many weak people who just care about optics. Nobody cares about substance. But China, we are we are talking about having an international Olympic event in a country that is actively running concentration camps with reportedly millions of Muslim Uyghur captives. Uh, and the reports we're getting out are, we're, we're seeing organ harvesting. We're seeing reproductive torture and forced sterilization. We're seeing stories where they're being force-fed pork and alcohol, which, if you don't know the Muslim faith, that is against their their systems to get drunk or eat pork. And, and you're seeing just guttural-level just breakdown of, of what it is to be a person. When you're... you're as a Christian, I can, I can relate to the fact that I draw a large part of my identity from my faith. So if you've got a Muslim in a concentration camp and you are, are basically forcing them to go against their fundamental structure, that does something on a, on a deep structural level. You can absolutely break somebody that way. And it's, it's not a coincidence. This is by design. I'm not, I'm not saying that the CCP is stupid. Quite the opposite. They are very intellectual people. Uh, And they know that. They're doing these things with a purpose. They want to break people at their core. Uh, They like to call them re-education camps. Uh, In in China, they don't make any qualms. It's not like North America where you have to, like, kind of tiptoe around your motives. They don't make any qualms. They basically say, assimilate. You you will assimilate to the quote-unquote CCP designated lifestyle or you don't get out of this concentration camp. Sorry, re-education facility. 
uh, we've got drone footage of shaved head Uyghur Muslims being put on a train uh, in a chain gang. It is wild. We the, the only thing we don't have as evidence is gas chambers and smokestacks. And I don't mean to take that accusation lightly. I mean it when I say there are millions of people in a concentration camp doing horrible things. Medical experiments, it is literally the same thing. We're, we're seeing medical experiments, torture, organ harvesting. It makes me so mad that, that we can even pretend that the government of this country is on any respectable terms. You're, you're talking about having an international, uh, elegant ceremony where we all cooperate and, and put our differences aside and compete in good sport uh, and act like everything's fine. It's not. You wouldn't go play basketball with Jeffrey Dahmer. So why would you rub shoulders and hoity-toity with, with absolute monsters? It's insane to me. Uh, and we're long overdue to speak out against this. It just... <laughs> I get so mad when I see people waste so much valuable energy on shallow, superficial nonsense and are completely just checked out of some of the biggest issues in today's world. Uh, and it really is. If if they get away with this for too much longer it's already at the point where they're they're almost emboldened nobody's stopping them nobody's speaking up keep your not in my backyard it's it's simple as that if it doesn't affect us it's it doesn't matter and it's just crazy just to highlight some of the things the ccp have done in just in the last little bit uh and then we'll get to the point why it's slowly coming back into conversation so, as we all know, again, the, the, the main theory right now with COVID is our Occam's razor, it was probably a lab leak out of a lab in Wuhan. Again, all, most of the, the actual evidence we have today points towards that. Uh, if you listen to Dr. Fauci, uh, who, again, is, is far beholden to the Chinese Communist Party, which again, this is how they operate. They operate by kind of getting people indebted to them. Uh, they have a lot of foreign investment schemes where they'll loan money for mortgages that never really gets paid back. Um, when it comes to people like Fauci, you'll see grants and research pushed in your direction uh, at f ridiculous amounts. Um, but there's, there's a lot of powerful people who will not speak out against China. Um, but currently the most evidence points towards, I'm not even assigning malice. I, I said from the start, I don't think that it was intentional. Uh, I, I certainly think they, they developed the virus the way they did intentionally, not with the intent for it to get out, but it certainly was gain of function. Uh, we've, we've got more than enough evidence to affirmatively say this, this virus we're dealing with now was a product of gain of function, but Occam's razor, it slipped out. Uh, the Chinese labs in Wuhan specifically have a storied history of a failed capture. Uh, they've had lab leaks before. Uh, generally, it's a localized thing. It, the R-naught value does not spread as, as virulently as this has. 
But they have a storied past with safety and uh, containment. So it's it's not a shock, the concept that this leaked out. Uh, but on that topic, we, for those of you that don't know, uh, there was a researcher in Wuhan. She self-donned the nickname Bat Lady. Um, sorry, Bat Woman. But to do her... The, the honor she deserves. Her name was Shi Zheng Li. And again, if I've pronounced any of these wrong, I'm, I'm sorry. But she spoke out as soon as this broke and said, hey, we saw this early 2019. It was local. We saw it go through the hospital. We saw it through the lab worker. And, and she kind of blew the whistle on against the original narrative that the, the Chinese Communist Party was spinning. Um, and from the start, I said this was... Likely a tragic accident that the Chinese party kind of monopolized on. Said, hey, we can't stop this, but we're going to spin it in the best way possible so we can kind of manage it and benefit where we can. Make the best of a bad scenario. And I, I can't really fault them for that. That's a logical perspective. It's not necessarily the most virtuous, but it is a, a logical spin. Yeah, I make the best out of a bad situation. But she sounded the whistle basically going against their narrative, uh, the, the concept that it was zoonotic transfer, and it, it crossed from bats into humans at a wet market where they did not even actually sell bats, um, let alone bat soup. But uh, So she kind of went against the narrative, and lo and behold, in CCP fashion, she shows up missing. Nobody sees her, nobody knows. She's been missing for over a year. And that's how they do it. If, if you are against their way, it's you, you disappear and uh, no one ever hears from you again. And, and that's kind of how they work. Uh, another tactic they have, if, if you're not as dangerous as somebody who's actively speaking out, um, they will actually come after your family first and they will lock up three generations of your family. And that works as a giant deterrent because even if you might be brave enough to bring the the ire of their wrath on you, most of even the most brave and fierce freedom fighter, they're not going to, they're not going to place that burden on their whole family. So, and it, and it works. It really does. Another whistleblowing doctor that was disappeared out of China was Dr. A. Fen. Uh, and she spoke out early on. She was dealing with it in in the hospitals. And again, immediately said, hey, this isn't what you're being told. Da-da-da-da-da. And put it all on the line. And again, disappeared. She was actually one of the, the first people trying to sound the alarm that this was not a small deal. Uh, it's now two years ago. So it might not be fresh in everyone's memory, but when it first came out, before you had the spitting up blood, dying in the streets, the, the propaganda videos that China put out themselves, um, before you had that, you had them basically downplaying everything. It's, it's nothing, it's contained, it's a small, cold, uh, and they just no panic, no... Again, if it's your own government doing it, I think there's certain merits to not trying to to scare everyone but 
you have to you have to be honest, especially early on, when you could have gotten in front of it. Realistically, we know now you probably couldn't have. Um, but they just absolutely lied and downplayed it to a to an irresponsible degree. And this doctor was actually saying, "No, this is spreading really quickly, and it's 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 not looking so great." And again, it's we had no idea what we were dealing with. It's it's now a manageable situation for the most part. Um, I also don't necessarily think that what we saw in China and, and certainly what she was dealing with at the time, I don't think that's the same thing we have today. Uh, certainly we saw real people coughing up blood and dying in the streets in, in the videos in China. So yet now, two years later dealing with COVID, we we've not seen that once in North America. Uh, and it's just kind of dropped off the map. You don't, you don't even hear about that in China anymore. So I don't necessarily think they were all dealing with the same thing that we are now, whether it was, again, maybe it was just a, a very early on a strong variant or it was something different altogether. I, I get the Chinese government is not above killing its own citizens. So though I don't want to dive too far into conspiracy, I do need you do need to kind of consider it. Uh, we we know that China will demolish. So I have to try and balance. I, I kind of speak as if people are as passionate about this and and know as much as I do. So forgive me for having to kind of double back and and catch where I've kind of read in inferred knowledge. Um, so China, you don't actually own land. Uh, you you sign a long term lease. They do leases multi-generations. Uh, you can lease an, a house for 99 years. But you don't own property, and at the drop of a hat, your entire village can be bulldozed. Um, sometimes with little to no notice to leave. Uh, no time to get your possessions, no time to set up a new place. It's very sad. And again, it happens to largely, disproportionately, the, the lowest class of people. So you can't own anything, uh, and they will, they have, they've demolished complete towns. Uh, they are not above horrific acts. Um, and as of 2020, 2019, I believe, um, they, in the past, they have built, I don't know the year, but they, they built a dam to stop flooding. Given they're in Central Asia, they, they have monsoon season, they have flood season. Um, they get a lot of flooding. Uh, it's not uncommon, and it, it can be quite harmful. They built a very, very, very large dam. It was actually so big that when they opened it up and they, they had it start holding back water, it actually changed the rotational speed of the Earth a very small amount. But it, it it's so large that it had that kind of impact. So the kind of forces it's dealing with is is hard to really grasp. But every every flood season, even though they've built this technologically advanced dam, uh, one folly of Chinese manufacturing, China, it's not so much manufacturing, infrastructure really. Uh, people understand it's it's kind of ubiquitous. If you get something that's made in China, it kind of most people assume the quality is not as good. Um, there's no difference with their infrastructure. Uh, it is not uncommon for, for buildings to kind of fall apart. The, the build quality is very low. 
Granted, when it's capital infrastructure like a giant dam, it's going to be better, but it's still not perfect. Uh, and every flood season, it gets to the point where it's a, a very dicey time. Uh, without doubt, that dam will pro probably collapse in my lifetime. Uh, and when that dam collapses, we're talking billions of people are, are in the path of this, this fallout. Uh, it, it holds back so much water that it, the, the manufactured flood would be magnitudes larger than any, any typical flood season. So it would impact insane areas of people. But during flood season, they have to vent it a bit. Uh, and instead of being responsible and saying, hey, we need to evacuate these low-laying towns, we have to let some water through, or else it's, we run the risk of getting into dangerous territory. No, no, what the Chinese government does is in the middle of the night, the middle of darkness, they just open the floodgates. Uh, and, and they've had flooding. Just recently, they had the, the subway flooding, where I believe an entire commuter train was flooded out and killed. Uh, they, they have flooded villages and cost thousands of lives by just disregard. Uh, so that kind of goes, and to tie that back in, it just goes to the character of the leadership where they, they are just indifferent to, to citizens' lives. It's not even that they're indifferent to another country's citizens, like the States are to a lot of the Middle East. We can, that's a whole other topic, but it's a different kind of indifferent. They have no regard for their own citizens. Um, so the concept of, of was that where they're coughing up blood in the streets, dying in the streets, all of this, was that COVID or was it something else? I don't know. And I think it needs to be stated that at least from what we see and the first reports on the ground in China it doesn't seem to be the same. If not, it was. It seemed to be a hyped-up version, a super, super hyped-up version. Um, but nonetheless, people were sounding the whistle. Hey, people need to get prepared. We're not going to be able to contain this. And poof, another doctor disappeared. So you've got concentration camps. You've got organ harvesting. You've got slave labor. You've got doctors being disappeared. You've got political dissidents being imprisoned and tortured. Uh, you'd think that alone is enough. No, that's, that's, that's enough. We should not, we can't do this. Uh, we cannot have the Olympics in Beijing, but no, it doesn't end there. Just, uh, to tie it right back into pro sports, nonetheless, uh, the, the one thing that seems to, hey, we might have a time to talk about this now. Uh, we've got professional tennis player Peng Shui. Uh, she had previously accused or, or highlighted the fact she was sexually abused by, by a vice president. Um, and I won't get too far into names because I will absolutely butcher them. But she came out making an accusation of, of sexual inappropriate happenings. And being a star for the Chinese tennis team and, and the World Tennis Association, she came out, and again, it's this is the global climate. Me too, let's be progressive. And again, yeah, I want to protect abuse victims. If you've had something terrible happen to you, 
I want to hold those people accountable. Uh, I'm not anti everything. Like it, we can all agree that racist behavior is wrong. We can agree that sexual assault is wrong. You don't need to be a left and right on some of these things. It's just humanity. Uh, so no, she came out in, in a global climate of me too. And, and awareness of what's going on. She thought she felt safe enough to be able to have the conversation and, and get herself into a position where she's safe and, and not going to be at the, the victimhood of this person. And just like every Chinese political issue, she disappeared. Uh, disappeared for two weeks. Um, there was a brief, quote-unquote, email released and saying she was okay, she can't wait to bring glory to the Chinese tennis game uh, and, and represent her country. The problem with this email is there is no line of authenticity. You can't trace it and, and authenticate it from her. Um, and even, even then, uh, the, whoever produced this email, it was a screenshot of the word document. It wasn't an email. It was the word, the cursor was still in it as they were editing. Uh, so it just, as soon as it came out, it was immediately just kind of eviscerated by any critical media as it rightfully should have been. Um, and in the days past, she's recently done a zoom call. She's, she's done a live interview. Uh, and now she's, she's walked it back. She just wants to focus on tennis and it's, it's almost sad to see the, the reprogramming. I, I, I lack a different, there's no, word to kind of soften it up it's this person was clearly captured tortured and reprogrammed so she learned her lesson and would not speak ill of the ccp again this is how they work um and they don't even make any qualms about it as we've seen with the re-education camps again this join the party line or or pay a price uh and when you reach that certain level it's they can't just disappear you completely but they can apply insane amounts of pressure. But nonetheless, this seems to be the, the straw that might break the camel's back. You've got uh, the World Tennis Organization wanting a fervent investigation. Um, and you've got political class now discussing it. And again, we are now months away from this. This is not something that people should take lightly. Given the totality of all of the, the circumstantial evidence, all of the situations around it, it's a no-brainer for me. Uh, we should absolutely not only be boycotting, we should be fundamentally sanctioning this country for horrific acts against humanity, for evil tactics and practices on its citizens, through business, through so many different avenues. But but we can't even start at, hey, you shouldn't be the one holding a Olympics. That's like asking uh, Saddam Hussein's Iraq to hold a women's rights festival. It's They just don't go together. You cannot do certain things with people that are absolutely antithetical to everything this event stands for. 
the Olympics stands for unity and diversity. It's literally right in the rings. A diverse group of colorings coming together. Uh, it, the, uh, you just can't do it. And and to, to pretend like we can, or, or to just put the blinders on for, for a month while China pretends to be a normal democratic society, everything's well and good. No, you, you invited a serial killer to dinner. That's not normal. That's, that is not normal. And we shouldn't pretend to it. And, and it shouldn't be whispers at the table. Hey, I, th- I, th- I think he's, I think he, I think he might kill people. No, you're a, you're a monster. We're not going to do this with you. But again, we're run by a feckless political class. And I mean that across the board. There is like three world leaders right now that are, are saying, hey, no, this is wrong. Um, Joe Biden's barely making a peep. Trudeau will not speak ill against China at all. This guy is way too close to them. And I, again, it's not conspiracy. He is simply too close to them. He has brought their military over to Canada to train for winter training. You don't do that with a possibly hostile army. I don't care how shoulder rubby you can be. You can be peaceful to in person at summits and whatnot, but you cannot ignore the fact that they do not stand for the same things the West stands for. So to, to bring them in and offer them any advantage to train in our country, that to me was enough to, to draw charges of treason. And I don't mean that in the same terms as American treason, where it implies fatal implications. But I do believe that was a treasonous act, bringing a possibly enemy military and training them in our in our land uh and that that should have been prosecuted and and truthfully people should have been ended up in jail whether or not it was trudeau i don't need to be that hyperbolic clearly there was a lot of people along the line that made some fatal calls that that allowed that to happen but people should have been held accountable for that alone but we're past that we can't we can't go back to that even we are where we are today and and we've had our citizens arrested and tortured. We know that they're committing genocide. We know that they have concentration camps. We know that they're organ harvesting. We know that they suppress criminals. They, they suppress victims to, to protect criminals. Uh, we know that they've, they've killed people. We know that just last year, they overturned a, demo- a democracy. Not just any democracy. A democracy that was a commonwealth area. It wasn't its own country, but it was, it was effectively, for, for operational standpoints, it was its own country. A commonwealth country at that. Uh, and as Canada is still part of the commonwealth, even if just in ritual, we are still the same people. They are, most of Hong Kong is a different nationality. Uh, different culture, different everything. Doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they are still a commonwealth neighbor. We owe them more than just another country. We owe them our allyship and our protection from the hop. So, I'm big mad at this stuff. I have... The the evil that happens and, and the blindness that comes to it is just crazy. Um, and you're seeing a bit of a battle happening in uh, the NBA, actually. Uh, a lot of pointedness at LeBron James for it, rightfully so. 
from Ains Cantor from the Boston Celtics. Uh, again, this is somebody politically. I don't necessarily agree with him on everything. He has come out and supported vaccine mandates. Uh, so, but this is the thing we need. Again, this is why we exist. We need to be able to separate every issue from each other. Uh, just because I disagree with you, you here doesn't mean I'm not going to agree with you here. So Ains Cantor, Boston Celtics, bless his heart. The guy goes onto the court every single game with a new pair of hand-painted shoes with a mural shaming the CCP or highlighting what's going on, the Uyghur Muslims, all of the stuff that's happening. Every game, the guy comes out with a new pair of shoes with a new mural, new topic, same target. Guy's a goat. Uh, he, he's just awesome. And here you've got, uh, and he, he has taken a couple pointed shots right at LeBron who, as we've seen, literally the biggest crybaby in the NBA, uh, literally just had two fans kicked out for, for shooting them chirps on courtside seats. Uh, he stopped the game and had them kicked out because he, because words are violence. The guy has called Kyle Rittenhouse, who is by court ruling innocent, uh, he's called him a white supremacist and, and effectively called for his his harm unto him. Uh, he picks all of these causes. And again, I, I can disagree with the organization, Black Lives Matter. I agree Black Lives do matter. And we can have that conversation. But I disagree with the organization and the riots, specifically. Uh, he's called for riots. He, he helped pay bail. Uh, and that's cool. That's, that's your move. Cool. That is something you're passionate about. We disagree. That's fine. But again, you want to talk civil rights. You want to talk, you want to talk progress and protection and equality. Okay, that's cool. Let's talk. What about China, where your, your giant portion of your salary comes from? Because China is the largest consumer of NBA. Believe it or not, China makes up a huge portion of the NBA revenue, which is why the NBA as an organization won't speak out. They won't call Taiwan a country. Uh, again, th that's a whole other thing. It, it's a very controversial statement to say China, Taiwan is a country. It is. Um, but you have you have these people who, who champion these these causes, and they can't they can't speak out or won't speak out against gen like who would not speak out against the Holocaust? Anyone today would say. Sorry, there are some people that say it's not true or it's blown up. No, I don't want to hear it. You can have that opinion. It's wrong. But back, but the common person today, the average person, the Holocaust was horrible. We should never forget it, and we should never let it happen again. It's happening again. People are in concentration camps. People are being killed. People are, are losing their organs. <laughs> and And... How is that controversial? How is that, how is that up for sides to me? Let alone in, in the top influence spheres. Uh, LeBron James, who absolutely loves... Cool. That's your, keep it consistent is all I want. Let's have the tough conversations, but keep it consistent. It's so hard when people flip-flop on selective outrage. Um, but hopefully, we need... We need to stop the Olympics. The Olympics should not happen in Beijing 2022. Uh, and to just bring it full circle before I, I close out, um, it's interesting. We went to Omnitron or whatever Decepticon variant we've got. They skipped Z. X-I. That is 
as anyone who knows, President G. X-I. That is his name. Why is it the World Health Organization... Again, we've followed the Greek alphabet. Mu was before, next is Z, and, and then it was Omnitron or Decepticon. We're following it, except why did we selectively just skip that one? I, I actually believe they skipped Nu as well. Not sure why they chose to skip that, but, but we can all look at why they skipped G. And uh, it makes you wonder, how far does this influence reach when you can have the naming convention without hesitation? Just, yeah, we're going we're gonna to gloss past that one. Um, but as we talk of that, I think if I was any political leadership, uh, be it China or a Western country, I expect that it is a very convenient out this would be the easiest way to say, hey, uh, with this new variant coming up, I, I don't think we should have the Olympics without actually standing for something. Uh, and to me, that is not enough. Uh, to take the easy way out doesn't work for me. And I, again, I'll go back to my, my statement last week. I'm okay if people do the right thing for the wrong reasons. And yeah, it, it, it applies here too. I would be happy if people did the right thing for the wrong reasons still. Uh, but part of doing the right thing here is to call it out and to, to really deal with it. Because uh, the amount of human suffering, we don't even fully know. This is, when it comes to what's going on with the, the Uyghur Muslims and the, the torture that is being perpetrated, we have no idea. We're, we're hearing very small stories from through grapevines, uh, we've got drone footage of the trains. Uh, it's it's happening inside of a very strict political country, where you don't get away with the internet. Is the Great Firewall of China is a thing, and, and it it to those of you who aren't tech friendly, uh, it's it's legitimately a thing. It's the internet is so censored in and out of China. Certain things are just you just can't do. You can't get certain things out. You can't get certain things in. Uh, so the fact that we have as much information as we do now is kind of a miracle, but much like what happened with the Holocaust, the true horrors aren't really known until it's over. Uh, and, and that really worries me. Uh, certainly what's happening with China geopolitically is going to be a front burner issue for much of the next 10 or 15 years. Uh, I think we're watching escalations happen pretty much every day. Uh, what happens with Taiwan will pretty much set the stage for how it's handled. But uh, And no country is oblivious to this. We have military patrolling the, the South China Sea quite often, uh, protecting international boundaries. So people know the dangers. We, we kind of can predict where it's going to head. Uh, and again, you look at the cyclical pattern of society. We had the, the plague and, and the wars were around the same time. It's, I, I don't think we'll avoid conflict with China, but we, we should absolutely be welcoming political conflict at this point over what's happening. Uh, and, and I, in the absence of actual leadership doing anything about it, 
that comes to our feet, uh, the passionate citizens. Uh, it, it's going to have to be a grassroots thing because, again, our, our politicians have no guts. No one will stand up and, and take that. And I say that knowing algorithmically this pod, this episode will likely have me shadowed for quite some time. And that's never been why I haven't done it yet. I, I've just been trying to get my ducks in a row and I still do want to reach out to have some, some first-hand accounts really kind of testimony to this. But yeah, I, I this podcast will suffer now um, because I've spoken on this. Uh, it's it's insane how deep the abilities are of of Chinese tech and the influence they can have. Uh, certain topics get flagged and then they get handled. Um, but yeah, thanks to you guys paying the fee, which you're gonna do because this was this was a heated episode. Um, I I might have jumped around a lot. I hope you guys just understand. I this is something I'm super passionate about. Uh, there's certain things we should not sit back and watch and, and wait, how, see how they pan out. This is one of them. When you steamroll democracy, let alone one of our democracies, uh, that's a bridge too far. That, that is a bridge too far, and that started last year. You've got malfeasance with their medical industry, which probably put us all in this place we're in now. And just all in all, it's, uh, what's happening is, is horrific, and people will will only understand how horrific when it's too late, which it already is. Um, but today, we can change it. This is where I get hope. We c- this can be the starting point where things start to tip. Uh, don't just take my word for it. Go out there. There's tons of research out there. There's tons of first-hand accounts. There's, there, this is not a topic that doesn't get covered. It's, it's a topic that doesn't get shared because it gets shut down. Because it gets suppressed. But if you actively seek it out, uh, a lot of a lot of accounts from India do a really good job on reporting on this. Uh, out of China and Taiwan, uh, NTD News is really great for Asian affairs and, and Asian politics. Uh, there's tons of information. It's just never going to show up for you. Have to seek it out. So I invite you get educated. Share this. Hopefully this can get some passion sparked in people and we can start sharing a friggin' red square. We did the black square. We raised awareness. Cool. Let's do one for this now. Keep that energy. Just keep that damn energy. Keep it consistent, folks. That's all I got. I am going to crack a beer now and de-escalate my mood. Uh... But I hope you have a good week. I hope we get some great news and I hope we can stop Beijing 2022 because really we damn well have to. Uh, but have a good week and uh, stay free, everyone. One more thing. We actually had a quote unquote complaint. We had, an, we had an email come in from a listener in Huron County. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a joke or a nickname. He goes by the name Apple Juice. So, hey, Apple Juice, this one's for you. Uh, he said that we should cite more of our background info. So since this conversation, I, I kind of quoted some things that really need some verification and background to. So I'm going to add citations for this episode. Uh, I believe the next one as well. I will, I will do citations, but uh, this one is special for 
you, since you asked so nicely. Uh, future, anyone else you uh, want to reach out, you can reach me. Uh, our email is in the description in the show notes. So go there for your background citations and our contact info. All right, thanks. Thanks.